Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show which connects East and West. My name is Jason. I'm from sunny California, the Golden State, living here in beautiful Beijing, city of museums. Today with me is Alex. Hello, everybody. This is Alex, who's suffering a little bit from seasonal allergies, but I'll try my best to sound as good as I can. And I'm also speaking to Jason and everybody from beautiful Beijing, city of China. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Oh, you know, um, it's interesting. We were talking before the show about Alex's uh, allergies, and it kind of goes to today <laughs> so because we're talking about, like, you know, the environment. And here on the mm. West, there aren't a lot of flowers opening just yet, but I can tell that it's going to happen any moment because yeah. I went to Yuanmingyuan Park, which is like the West Side, really beautiful park. And the cherry blossoms are just starting to look like they're like thinking about opening. <laughs> <laughs> So. They still have a couple of weeks, and then it'll reach the best season for cherry blossom viewing in Beijing. Alex will be apparently quite miserable okay. for the next. Oh, how, how long okay. does this last? How? Um, for me, it's a little. I've never gone to check what my allergens are, so it's very. It's seasonal. It probably goes from early, very early spring. So basically, every time it gets a little warmer, I start to feel it. And then it'll go all the way until probably like summertime. Really? Wow, that's awful. I thought you were going to say a couple of weeks. Oh, my goodness. So basically like a third of the year, you're miserable. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Pretty much. And I have to I would have to take the allergy medicine on a daily basis, but I always forget. So. I have a question for you, Alex. Yes. When you stand in front of your wardrobe, is there a lot of stuff there that you wouldn't <laughs> wear anymore, Alex? Uh, I am guilty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. I do. I, it's, it's a problem. I have a it's definitely something I'm trying to change because I do feel really bad when I realize there's a piece of wardrobe in my closet that I haven't even touched in two years. Oh, wow. Well, I'm more brutal with my wardrobe. I, I, I cast things into the uh, the chasm of destruction and and. Uh, <laughs> environmental pollution much more frequently it's like what's this thing oh no i would never wear that why did i even buy this thing how often do you stand in front of your wardrobe listeners and think i have nothing to wear while staring at a collection of dozens and perhaps dozens and dozens of individual items beyond reusing where do clothes end up after use each year question. it is it is each year more than 100 billion items of clothing are produced globally according to some estimates estimates with 65 percent of these ending up in the landfill within 12 months let me say that again 100 billion items produced 65 percent that's 65 billion of these ending up in the landfill within 12 months that means 65 billion items of clothing are ending up in the landfill every year according to future planet a new venture is that seeks to recycle used clothing in the hundreds of thousands of tons by 2030 is this the solution to our planet's fashion nightmare Big questions to ask there, Jason. Unfortunately, I already know the answer because I read all the research for this show and the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason is, uh, so if we were using like 100% cashmere or 100% cotton items, no problem. Uh -huh. We could, in fact, recycle everything because of our use of like polyurethane and other kinds mm. of like plastics in our clothing. 
those particular kinds of clothes cannot be recycled using the techniques that we're going to be talking about. Yeah. So a potential solution would be to switch to only cotton clothes and then recycle those. And then we could recycle, you know, almost 100% of all clothing then. But as long as we're continuing to put plastics into our clothing, then the, the solution is not going to be recycling. I got some questions. We've talked about this before. We talked, we had a show about a year, year and a half ago about fast fashion. And yeah, uh, Alex, is that. this still a trend? Is it still a trend for people to buy clothes that are going to like be used two, three times and then discarded? The answer to that is definitely yes. And then for a lot of people, they probably are not thinking about, that's why I said in the beginning, we was asked that question, where do clothes end up after we use it? That's a question a lot of people mm. probably never think about. Mm. So when they purchase the items, all they think about is, is this comfortable wear? Is it, is this, um, does this look good on me? Mm-hmm. I don't think people will think about where they're going to put their clothes after they're done with it, because that's not what you're going to be thinking about. It's like I'd look at it as how you would um, choose a person to date. You know, you're not going to be thinking about, oh, what am or I going to do with this person once I break up with him? You know, like you, you all you're going to think about is what we're going to do together. Wow. So it's very much the same situation when you're looking at a, a, a clothing. So fast fashion, definitely still a trend. Mm. Um, we'll speak about some I'll, I'll talk about some other alternative options but again it's cheap and people have the desire to look good it's definitely still very much in season pun not intended (laughs) well you know my my brother who is a huge fan of this show and listens to every single episode hello robert in california hi robert (laughs) he wears his clothes until they are holy (laughs) like i mean holy like we're starting this pun thing huh (laughs) so he'll have a shirt that he'll wear potentially for like 10 years and he'll be he'll still proudly sport that show even though it has like a hole the size of your thumb in it or like five or six of them he does this deliberately as part of his fashion sense not just because it's like something that good you should do but like because he's trying to look a certain way and i guess this is a a a genre of of a hipster i guess i don't know i don't know what (laughs) hipster means anymore if it's even a thing but he definitely wears like old ratty clothes deliberate he'll even buy them that way he'll be like wow this thing in the thrift store is way past its life cycle this is mine (laughs) oh thrift stores i love those places yeah we should get more of those in china more thrift stores there are a lot of thrift where are they okay for all of our (laughs) folks in beijing where can we find thrift stores alex I I can only speak for Beijing because I've only been to thrift stores in Beijing. They mm. are most of them on the street of Gulo. Gulo. Oh yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. You know that little that, yeah. the whole strip. I thought of, those were just hipster clothes. I didn't know that those were used. <laughs> those are those were. It was, it was wherever those people found those clothing items. I was like, I don't even know how. And this seems a little a lot more secretive because. Mm. Um, donating clothes or having that kind of, you know, garage sale. It's not as popular as it is in the United States. So Mm. I don't know where the owners of these vintage shops, that's what we call them, the vintage shops Mm. find these clothing items. But you can go in there and then probably find a really nice leather jacket that just looks a little worn. Or If I was in my 20s, I'd be thinking about a leather jacket. At 45, you don't really think, leather jacket's my thing. (laughs) (laughs) It looks nice, you know. And it's cheap. It's 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 Absolutely. a lot cheaper. But I, I mean, I, I, it's also you get these really cool clothes that are not 
on the market. So you get niche things that no one else is wearing, yeah, which is cool. stand out. Yeah. Which is, I think the goal for a lot of people is to look more unique, right? So if they have something from like 1979 or whatever, or 1989, I guess I'm just too old to realize how far back in time that is. <laughs> <laughs> the 1990s say, then people will be like, wow, that's, that stands out. That's unique. I have a question. What do you do with your clothes that you are like, okay, this is uh, something I'm not going to wear. I'm admitting this thing in my wardrobe that has been here for two years but without being worn. Where does it go for Alex Sher? Okay, here's a couple of steps for me. And I think this is probably the same for a lot of people who do like to buy a lot of clothes. The first place they go, if you realize there's something that I'm not wearing very often, first place they go is the bottom of your closet. Oh my gosh. (laughs) No. Or under your bed. You know, you're going to put them in a place. You're going to put them in a place that's not so easy to reach or, you know, on top of your closet. Doesn't that just make it more difficult to get rid of it later when you find it? But the thing is, here's the thing. The reason why you're not wearing it is like, oh, this is not my recent style or, you know, I've gained weight or I've lost weight and this doesn't fit anymore, but maybe I'll think of some way to use it in the future. Mm-hmm. So the first place they go is somewhere that is less accessible um, that so that they can make room for other clothing items that you want to use on a more regular basis. And then after a while, if you're getting even more stuff and they're still taking up space, then for me, I'd like to try to... Um, this is what I do with my with my sisters, with my fr- my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. We will bring a whole bag of clothes to our friends um, at, at the dance school that I go to, right? Mm-hmm. And we do this. Every one of us, we, we do this. We try to bring the clothes we don't wear or we don't want anymore. And we just kind of have a thing and be like, hey, do you want to look at all of these clothing oh, items? A, and if you want to clothes swap. Yeah. So it's that we do that not super often, but it's often enough. And then it's really it's not just like, okay, we can get rid of the clothes that we're not wearing without feeling guilty about throwing them away. You are also having a good time because it's really you you surprise yourself and your friends surprise you as well. Sometimes, for example, I am a lot bigger than some of the the friends that I dance with. But then some of my clothing items look amazing on them. You would never think that my clothes would look good on them. You know, my problem is I need like a... A 2x or a 3x i go to like the gap or whatever it is and yeah. like those are gone not because there are other people as big as me but because the young people who are like 19 and 20 want like 2x and 3x shirts to look a certain way so it's very frustrating for me as someone who needs those to wear them to go to stores and find that all the young skinny men has taken all of the 2x's and 3x because they want to like look it's mine. <laughs> that's <it> my <laughs> size how dare you and then i see them walking around in the mall with their super baggy shirts and i'm like you you (laughs) word yes (laughs) so okay you know it's interesting you mentioned these clothing swaps because my wife is a um she's a buddhist she knows a lot of buddhists i mean it's crazy how big her circle is and they actually (laughs) they pack clothes in a box and ship them from house to house periodically. And people just take out what they want, put stuff in they don't want, and ship the box to the next person. And these oh boxes God, do like... rounds. So people are just selecting what they want all the time. My wife recently had like three huge boxes, almost as big as you, in the house where she was removing and adding articles before she shipped them to someone else. 
That's like a, what's that movie called? Sisterhood of Traveling. <laughs> I never watched that movie. I'm sorry. Yeah. Am I sensing a little <laughs> bit of a, a little bit of a tiny little bit of a judgment? It's a fun movie to watch. Sorry. You know, <laughs> in the United States, you're right. It's this, you know, I almost, I don't always say wonderful things about the United States, but this is something that the U.S. does really well. And that is recycling clothing by through reusing. Because, you know, I, I taught in kindergarten. This the three things that reuse, recycle, and I, I forget. It's like reuse purpose or something but like the 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 first one the best one is to use it again reuse it so if you mm-hmm. can bring things to a thrift store like there's the goodwill store and other entities like that uh salvation exchange right yeah all these kinds of things and there's they're in every town and every city all over the place every town and city all over the united states in big cities small cities towns that have like ten thousand people in them they're everywhere ubiquitous with life for americans you can just go there and you can either a put a box of clothes at a input for the the station like goodwill or you can Mm. go and try to sell them if they're really nice clothes so all the clothes have a chance to be reworn and reused and reworn and reused over and over again by a specific kind of person i mean this doesn't work with the uh the fast fashion articles that are like coming apart literally after (laughs) two or three uses so this is that we're talking about real clothing fast fashion those kinds of items are deliberately made to not last and so that's an entirely different problem but normal yeah. clothes can be reused many times for years i have articles in my clothing that i'm proudly keeping that i've had for 20 years my wife hates it <laughs> Which, what what is it describe that one item to well, I, have, I have one that's like a gray sweater with a it looks like a stereo on it kind of and it was a hipstery okay. item that was made fresh when i bought it 20 years ago and now it has some holes in it and i wear it around the house is kind of and it's all stretched out and ruined it looks like i'm wearing a bell but, <laughs> but and my wife hates it but i i still wear it you know occasionally because like a, inside the house no one's really seeing me except summer kind of article uh-huh. but I also have a backpack that I've had since like 2003 and it's really ratty looking. It looks like a backpack bought in 2003, but it doesn't have all the zippers work and it doesn't have any holes that are going to cause problems with keeping things in it. So I'm just like, let's see how long this thing can go. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know how we all, we always say the fashion repeats itself every 20, 20 okay, years yeah, or yeah. so. So yeah, your item, your, that one clothing item is probably going to be back in fashion. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> trying to make you feel but, better. You know, the last time we talked about this topic, I talked about trying to transition my wardrobe, you know, because you slowly replace items as you're going with mm-hmm. uh, items that last longer so i've been buying more suits more like suits and ties and honestly those are the kinds you're of things a grown up now. <laughs> yeah but honestly those are the kinds of things that do last 20 years because you don't wear the same suit yeah. every day you change suits periodically or you don't wear suits some of the time so i can have it bring bring it to the cleaners they press it it's brand new practically and then i have it good for another you know i'm not going to say how many wears before i bring it back <laughs> <laughs> you know how i was going to i was going to say this when we talk about fast fashion mm. it's kind of what today's aesthetics are you know and young people like to for example people like us we have a job we have other occasions to attend to we have parties to go to with our friends and then we have other times we're just walking on street wanting to feel 
a certain way. And mm-hmm. all of these occasions I just mentioned require the different feel mm-hmm. of wardrobe. So you kind of have to like have everything and you don't want to appear too formal when you're going to a pub, a bar with your friend. Mm-hmm. You don't want to look too casual when you're going to work. You want to look sophisticated and professional. And so mm-hmm. you kind of you know, whatever society puts on us, we feel like we do have to look the part and there are too many parts we need to fill. But for my mom and my mom's generation, they basically need to have like, you know, some sort of casual clothes when they're wearing, mm. going to meet up with their friends or going to their see their family. And then they have need to have clothing that um, make them look good when they're at work professionally. And that's all they need. So all of those work clothes that my mom bought, I think from, I'm 33 years old this uh, this year. My mom still has clothing items that she bought when I was a baby. Wow. Yeah. And then she, oh my God, she hangs them up like really tightly, really neat. Um, and then she, she covers them as well. She keeps them in such good conditions. Mm-hmm. And then she keeps telling me, she said, if you lose more, if you lose some weight, you can wear, <laughs> you can wear all of these. You can really, inherit my wardrobe. Yeah. And they're really amazing suits, you know, or, or dresses that she bought back then they were expensive. Mm-hmm. And she tries to put that on me. She says, you should, <laughs> she says, you should do the same. You should buy quality clothes. Yeah. I remember this. I remember mom's advice telling you to go to nice, buy nicer quality clothes that last longer i said mom i yes ideally i'd like to do that too but i also need different types of clothes and i don't have enough money to buy (laughs) to buy everything that i need that's all long lasting nice you're listening to the bridge I actually want to talk about what we came to talk about. So there's an article uh, published February 2023 on BBC, Can Clothes Ever Be Fully Recycled? And this is about a new technology. And the article goes in to talk about recycling clothing has existed for centuries and mm-hmm. that pulling clothes apart and then re, you know, making new thread, new straight, you know, out of them and then making completely new garments has been something that has been going on for at least half a millennia. But mm-hmm. now they want to recycle 1.4 billion T-shirts every year by 2030. They're going to use a and I know this sounds bad, but they say chemical process but they want to be able to use this new chemical process to recycle mm. all cotton clothes uh, globally eventually. And, but the only problem is clothes with polyester in them uh, cannot be recycled in this way, at least not now, at least not yet. So in order for this to work, and I'm not going to read the entire article, we would uh-huh. need to switch to cotton or you know cashmere or you know natural natural fibers, fabrics natural yeah. fibers so it don't have to be 100% you couldn't have like a cotton cashmere blend you would have to have a 100% cashmere blend or a 100% cotton blend or a 100% wool blend and then these kinds of processes could be applied to take uh-huh. them apart and make new textile products out of them but as long as there's any polyester in any of the products it cannot be recycled in this way whatsoever so that's it, going I, to be <laughs> well i mean you know we're going in a million miles an hour towards the problem of like global pollution all the yeah. time with scientists literally earning you know millions of dollars billions of dollars for their projects and universities all over various countries china the united states europe everywhere india and people are trying to come up with solutions and when we do come up with solutions like this it's important that we scale them quickly so that we can have a, a better outcome but it 
it, it's going to be challenging because, say, I'm a company and I make T-shirts, right? Whether they're yeah. in China or America or Bangladesh, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, oh, it's cheaper for me to put polyester in there. Now, the only way for us to really motivate that that kind of thinking to change gears is to either like put a tax on polyester or make using yeah. polyester blends illegal. And that is not going to happen, at least not in the United States. I don't know what whether it would happen in China. In the United States, there would be way ton of lobbying and argument debate. And they would be like, oh, it doesn't make sense for us to punish business owners kind of discourse. And they probably wouldn't yeah. do it. I mean, if they did, it, it would be 20 or 30 years from now. Because people yeah. in the United States tend not to prioritize environmental problems when it comes to using the law. So this may not be something we're able to solve just because polyester is so affordable. I, I will I will say this, you know, when we look at a, a problem that is, you know, common problems are facing with environmental pollution, which is part of the fast fashion problem mm. and other bigger societal problems that affects every country. It's because it's not basically it's not just America or, you, or, or China. It's mm. every country, most of the countries in the world. When it's a problem that big, it, it's always hard to come up with a solution that's going to be a quick fix that yeah. are that's going to alleviate the problem. We still have plastic overnight. bags, right? right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. This was and it's a, a huge when I was thing, a kid. right? And so again, just to, to deviate a little bit from the fast fashion when we're talking yeah. about plastic, I'm really, I don't know about, about you, Jason, or our, our listeners in China, um, but every time I ask the, the, the shop assistant to grab a, a bag for me, and it's first off is biodegradable now mm, mm. and you have to pay for it. Yeah. I actually feel really good because it's like it's two cents or, or, you know, two cents um, in Chinese is like, I think, 50, 50 cent RMB. So it's mm. like what I can't do the math right now. Um but it's really cheap and you pay for it and it's better um, material. And every time I do that, I really feel like I'm doing a little bit of something for Earth, <laughs> for our Mother Earth. But bringing it back to, to a fast fashion problem, when we do it, like, you know, if, when I buy cotton clothing, first thing I think about is how comfortable they are. Mm. But um, <laughs> to be to be very honest, I, re I really, even myself, rarely think about when I buy, for example, a 70 quad cotton t-shirt and a 70 quad, not cotton, whatever material it, it is, kind of like a, a, a dress or something that looks chic and, and, and new. Right. I don't really think about where they end up. I don't really think about what's mm. going to happen to the environment. And that's something we need to correct. But just like the plastic problem, when it's a, a societal problem like this, we're looking at, it really takes not just one side or one step of the whole industrial chain of how it comes about. It takes the, basically it takes every active part of this industry for us to realize, to push it forward a little bit at a time. And like you said, 20, 30 years with education of customers, education of market and a system like B Corp that we talked about um, mm -hmm. over a year ago of a market that says people are going to embrace environmentally friendly products. And when that community gets bigger and then when we could find out a way to help all of the workers that are working for these fast fashion industries just to get a livelihood. So it's always like, you know, what do you even call that? It's like you you pull one thing and it affects everything else, like a ripple yeah, effect. Absolutely. I you know, before I don't want to uh punish H and M, uh, but we gotta go to this. <laughs> this is an article and I I'm s I, I just Googled this. I don't read Teen Vogue, but <laughs> this is from uh, Teen Teen, okay. Teen Vogue. <laughs> and it says a power plant is burning unwanted H and M clothes instead of coal. 
And this has also mm. been researched by Bloomberg. Uh, so we have some more reputable uh, source. Sorry, Teen Vogue. Um, so, but apparently, <laughs> but apparently, uh, when H and M has makes a huge run of clothing and they can't finish their distribution process because no one's interested in that particular garment, instead of donating it or whatever, they just burn it. I, I was actually kind of shocked by this. So, uh, yeah, it, I wanted to bring this up because I think we, you know, you say. I don't really think about it. I, that's the same with me. I go to the store. I do kind of have it on my mind a little bit. I'm like, I don't want to buy too many things, not because of the money, but because I don't want to add more junk. But I also don't sit there and look at the tag and see what's this made out of, you know, and think about, yeah. oh, this has a certain amount of polyester. I think, does this shirt look cool? <laughs> you know, like, okay, I could wear this shirt for a few years. Okay, cool. I'll buy it. And I don't really think about what it's made out of that much. Maybe it's something I should correct. But the, yeah. the, the idea that, you know, unwanted clothing are just going to like a furnace is scares me That's actually insane. I, I just watched uh the daily show they did very recently a show about the trash in new york city and oh can i sorry go ahead can please I, go ahead just, here's the thing when i first traveled to new york i think this is 20 2000 and 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 11 mm. um before going to new york before even making the decision to to move there, that came like eight years later or something. But mm. before going there, you know how we're always talking about everybody else in the world is talking about how New York is being the greatest city of the world. And it's it's amazing. It's great. I, I've and not heard that. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, the, you know, I thought whole... it was San Francisco. What? <laughs> Jason. <laughs> I was like, go on. I mean, I know New York is really big and stuff, but I don't think bigger right? makes it better. And so people talk about the Times Square. People talk about, you know, like back then we knew um, Lower East Side and without knowing what it was really. We talked about, we know the mm. Chinatown there mm. and we know like, you know, there's the Central Park and we have like, we, there's an article about running in Central Park that we had to do intensive reading on you know where when Central we were in Park college. Came from? No. That's a story for another time. Ooh, okay. Well, we could do a, one episode about parks. Um, you know, the parks and recreation. Go on, go on. And no, I think it'll be New York. fun. New York. But New York, right? And then, so I had all of these as a young 20, 21 year old. I had all of these ideas going into New York for the first time in my life. And I was like, it's going to be great. And we get to New York and we get to Times Square. And I see this giant black trash bags piled up high mm -hmm. taller than me. And I'm like, what is this? And then you know that there's like there's like these really stinky flute, like liquid with all the, the whatever soup broth or whatever of the food that's like mm. leaking out of it's very nutritious. Right. And then the and then we and then we stay, we'll walk there a little bit more. And there's like there like you see rats running around. I don't I was like, this is not what I was told New York. <laughs> so trash, trash is actually the first <laughs> impression of New York City wow. that I had, which is a little sad, but well just wanted to share that experience because it's so funny. Cause I didn't you wouldn't think coming from China, you're like, oh, we're going to a world city. And then I was like, we're I'm so actually, much cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> I, that, that's what I've heard, been hearing as well. I think it was in that movie Joker. But anyways, the point is on this Daily Show uh, episode, they were like, oh, this is where it goes. And I was expecting them to say it goes to a sorting facility. And like, yeah. they're like, no, it goes here to get incinerated. And I was just like, what? <laughs> like, So apparently the vast majority of New York trash just goes to an incinerator. So that's definitely not good for the environment, along with, you yeah. know, burning clothes. So there's a lot of uh, environmental issues globally that need to be addressed 
in a, a big way because, you know, absolutely. New, New York is probably what, maybe the most densely populated place in the world. One of, yeah, for sure. Yeah, one of, for sure. And so for them to just be burning all of their trash is definitely not a great way to moving forward. I mean, I, I don't I don't know really how it could be separated or maybe they could do a better job of that. But certainly, you know, certainly I'm, I'm sure there are tons of other cities around the world. Sorry, New York. We're not trying to pick on you. I'm sure there's a lot of other cities around the world who are also incinerating, <laughs> incinerating their trash. And it's not just your fault. So but this is a problem globally that we need to begin addressing the amount of waste that we're producing. And uh, definitely. Uh, I think clothes is one of those things because, you know, it's a part of our daily life. You go out, you don't carry uh, all the other things around with you, but you carry your clothes around with you. Okay, Definitely. so according to fashionunited.uk news fashion, people do not wear at least 50% of their wardrobes. I believe this. I think That's I, probably even an under, under, underestimate. Yeah, I, I think this was me 10 years ago. I, I'm at the point where I wear, I love my clothes. I have the, the, the kind of right amount and what I like, and I actually do wear almost all my clothes clothes uh maybe there's a few ties that are like uh but other than that it's mm. like but you know i believe it because i know people you have you seen those pack rat shows where the people and this i think this sh- this tv shows from the uk but they go and they show someone's life I mean, it's not just a problem in the uk it's a problem globally where some yeah. people can't oh. throw things away and their house yeah, ends up the just orders Filled, yeah, they're filled up with stuff. You don't even know what's in there anymore because I, there's stuff under the stuff under the stuff in the corner that's been yeah. there for like 20 years. Go I on. don't want to call my mom out. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> she's not a hoarder. She's not a hoarder, but she has this thing. She has this obsession. You know, she's like, every time she buys shoes, she makes sure she keeps the boxes. Mm. So there's a giant space. I mean, Why? it's not giant. It's a tiny little pantry space in her apartment and it's basically filled with shoe boxes you can be a person who brings your own uh what is it like disposable not disposable reusable bag to the grocery store you can take your used container and fill it with products from the bins where you scoop out what you want and measure in what you want weigh it and then you can bring yeah. all of i mean it is actually possible to reduce our waste from where we are now, you know, you know, normal people to like 5% of the waste that we're producing. But it is so hard to be that person. <laughs> I I know, I know that, you know, there's a coffee brand and I don't think we're say we're going to say the name on it because, you know, we don't want to, they haven't sponsored us. <laughs> sponsored. Mm. There's one coffee brand that's very popular. Um, if you take your own cup to get the coffee, then mm. you have five quite often. It's kind of a huge discount. You know, if mm. you're kind of a two cup of coffee type of person then you're saving quite a bit you know Mm -hmm. if you look at the whole year and the thing is you know we're talking about doing clothing swaps and that's why i was describing what it was like uh when i do do that with my friends there are a lot of other ways because we said it's going to be hard for some expert to come up with a solution that just solves the problem once and for all but as individuals there are ways what about ai (laughs) Mm, ai could you solve our pollution problem Oh, wait, you know, maybe that's why how the end of humanity comes about. There will be no pollution if there are no people. <laughs> Problem it solved. Be the case, <laughs> it could be the case where I want to set a goal for myself. Like at this month, I only want to buy how many clothing items and then AI will help me curb my 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 urge to look oh, yeah. at shopping websites. You know, there are possible ways we can think about. But before we can have AI become part of a, an active part of our life in making decisions, um, I feel like I think from what I see as a Chinese person who's been here for 
in China for her whole life. I feel like, you know, things like clothing, like swaps, and then going to these uh, fairs and, and markets that are happening quite regularly without us realizing hasn't been a habit yet or something that is just natural for people to, to go to or for people to try, to, for people to want to participate. But from personal experience, it's really fun. It's really, I have a couple of friends that I constantly exchange clothing with. We have a friend who's uh, moving to Germany very soon. And she's talking about, you know, oh, what I do with all of the stuff. I'm not going to ship everything to Germany. It's too expensive, you know. Yeah. And we told her, we said, hey, just do, just label everything um, and lay them out in your apartment. Our friends, the friends group will will go and then we'll pick out whatever clothing items that we're wearing that we want to use and then you know when you come back in two years or something maybe we can give it back to you and it'll be, <laughs> you know and then our friend christina was saying um she was she was wearing a jacket that day and she said this jacket was inherited from a friend who who had inherited it from another friend that they know so that it's kind of funny when she wears it and their friend talk will be like oh we think uh, uh lulu has the same jacket and she's like this is lulu's jacket mm. so it actually makes it a, a little bit of a culture thing or community thing it's a lot more fun than oh i have to i have to wear a clothing item somebody else wore it's you know mm -hmm. it's some mm -hmm. mentality change that needs to to happen for us to make it to think of it as a fun event to do well if you're between your friends if you're in the mall <clears throat> in china and I, you know i'm here this is where i live you know, most of the clothes I see people wearing, because most of the people in the malls are younger, are brand new clothes. I think it's part of yeah. the fashion style to show how you can afford to have the latest fashions, the things that are coming out now, have crisp, clean, fresh clothes that are barely washed a couple times. So you see these really new trends, really new clothes. And, you know, I think maybe part of what we need to do is make it fashionable, make it cool to wear clothes that are like you know reused or that are yeah. older or that are faded and that's really challenging because the people who determine what is fashionable are the fashion companies who do not profit from people wearing the same clothes over and over and over for many many yeah. years so part of the problem is the fashion companies are telling young people especially you need to buy the newest thing the fashion the sh shiniest thing oh yellow that is so like two months so ago in. no one wears <laughs> yellow gosh you're wearing yellow you should be embarrassed so like Ugh. we need to like move past that you're listening to the bridge I got a little statistic I like. What percentage of your wardrobe hasn't been worn in the last 12 months perceived versus actual, so researched? So in the U.S., my home country, people mm -hmm. imagine that 43% of their wardrobe is what they haven't worn in the last 12 months when the reality is that 82% of their wardrobe hasn't wow. been worn <laughs> in the last 82%. So we're saying that four out of five items in the average American's like wardrobe are probably never going to be worn again. Yeah. Because 12 months, that represents all four seasons. 
So that means like that, that <laughs> winter true. jacket isn't coming back around. Yeah, you're not wearing it. Not because it's not in season. She's yeah. not wearing it. <laughs> you know, I don't want to pick mean to pick on my home country, America. So I want to read some of these others. Uh, France is uh, 55%. They think they think they haven't worn half of their wardrobe when it's reality. 68%. In Japan, they think it's 38% when it's really 72%. So the, the, what this data shows is that across different countries, what people think they don't wear versus how much they actually don't wear in their work. So people could go into their wardrobe and generally remove two thirds of it. I can contribute a little bit to why Go ahead. the gap there, the gap statistic, yeah, the statistic gap between, because I know exactly what it is. If you ask me how many clothing items I don't wear in my closet, I'm only going to think about the ones that I put away as mm. I described in the very mm. beginning of the show. Mm. However, there is a whole rack of dresses and suits that I constantly look at. And I don't wear them. So if you ask me to answer you that question um, instantly, I'd have to answer it on the spot. Mm -hmm. I'm only going to think about the ones that I don't actually even look at. Mm. The ones that I actually put away. And that's not such a big portion. The big portion is the ones that I hang up as if they're display items mm. in the shopping window. And I look at them every single day. I don't wow. think I of those clothing <laughs> Yeah. I don't think of those clothing items as someone as 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 clothes that I don't wear. So mm. that's why the actual percentage of clothes that you don't wear is a lot higher than what people perceive. Because mm. we don't think of it that way. And it's horrible. I try to be like one of those minimalist people who uh doesn't try to keep a a lot of things that they don't use. You know, one of the reasons for that is my wife and I have moved a lot in our yeah. uh, marriage. We spent the first eight years of our marriage moving once a year. We moved to a new apartment, moved to a new apartment, moved to a new apartment. And what I realized was moving sucks. <laughs> so I know <laughs> we, I actually started minimum getting the bare minimum amount of things that is needed to move around. So we mm. have two bowls that are big and two bowls that are normal size. <laughs> and we have like four, three forks and like four spoons and like five or six cups. And that's, that's it. You know, we don't have a lot. Of, so my wardrobe, why do you need five, six cups? <laughs> well, you got your coffee cups, which are smaller and then you got your big I water know. cups which are anyways <laughs> so uh i don't actually keep a lot of stuff and my wardrobe is the same i have one standing wardrobe that opens and closes and i think all my clothes 100 of them are in there Fit and, in that. and there's space too you know oh wow so, so yeah like summer is you know i may i i'm gonna sound very gendered here and i'm gonna do it anyway she's a lady so she has a lot more clothes than me and she, like you she has the clothes that are hanging <laughs> and then she has the other clothes that are hanging somewhere else in the house yeah and then she has like you know the plastic boxes that close that have full clothes that are very neatly folded inside of yeah. them and those are like you know uh there are a lot of them <laughs> so she, you know. <laughs> she she's very good at uh minimizing other things like me like the kitchen stuff and whatever but in terms of like fashion she's got like variety in my <laughs> wardrobe i think i have variety too i managed to get through like you know six or seven days without repeating most of the same stuff so i'm like happy about that i wanted to mention because the, we're a show that connects east and west mm -hmm. that i actually uh, I did a video about two years ago for my social media and I asked my Chinese fans on like, I think it was Billy Billy and Shigua, which is a part of Douyin, I think. Yeah. And uh, I asked my fans, hey guys, 
I'm wearing this, you know, Changshan. Changshan. I don't. I'm saying it wrong. Changshan, the the long yeah. shirt. No, no, no. The uh, like it's a kung fu shan. It's a kind. So it's a kind of oh, Chinese yeah, yeah, yeah. garment. And I said, hey, is this cultural appropriation? The overwhelming, like ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people were like, that looks great. Wear it, please. You know, you're. Yeah. You know, so I was like, okay, I've been trained as an American that this is wrong, and maybe it is in some way, and it's complicated to say why. I don't want to go into that now, right here. But I ended up buying a lot more. So now I have three kung fu shan looking close four maybe and mm-hmm. i have two or three song dynasty items as well song dynasty yeah the, the ones from like the tv shows where you're like hanging out inside of you know the the big hall and like all the emperor there and, and uh-huh. whatever i have those too i nice, don't just Jason. have them i wear them so i go out in public like this often and i go to work like this and you know what i really oh, wow. i love i love cosplay first of all and i go i've been to cosplay conventions but uh-huh. i also treat my daily life a little cosplay e so i like to dress up in a three-piece suit with the tie and the clip and the you know everything and and i go to work like that and they're just like what's wrong with you <laughs> but like I, I love it and i you're also, like you're having too much fun with your with your wardrobe but you know i love the attention we were talking about attention at the beginning of the show people yeah. always say that i look great i have this one piece of clothes that is a Song Dynasty imperial gown with the square hat. You know the big square hat? That's, what? Yeah, the, the, I need to see you poet. in that, yeah. please. And I, I was wearing this one day to work. <laughs> and uh no someone, you did it i did and someone in a brand new tesla stopped <laughs> and they, they what screamed a like rolled down the windows and they screamed you it was a dude too and he said you look beautiful and i was like oh thank you your car looks beautiful too. <laughs> what's funny is he ended up parking and also being my co-worker and even though i was ahead of him he caught me in the elevator and he always always it was like wow you look amazing why are you dressed like that and i was like because i like to dress Things. That's amazing. <laughs> I want to see photos of that, please. Sure, I'll send Can you I? some photos absolutely later. That'd be great. 100%. Go That'd ahead. That'd be great. That'd be great. I mean, I think th- that's uh, what I was trying to get at earlier, but mm-hmm. I think you illustrated it very well. We, If we make it a little bit more fun for people to do things like this, instead of saying, you know, uh, you need to do it because it's your responsibility, which it is. But mm-hmm. what people fail to realize or they haven't been brought to realizing is that this is something that could be incorporated into our daily life and actually adds to our life. It's not a burden. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take anything away from what we enjoy right now. Yeah. And what's <clears throat> really cool about all I, I think, you know, I think everything in my wardrobe is something someone else could wear. You know, I think the main problem for me when I think about fashion and recycling and, you know, the environment is that Mm. people buy articles of clothing that are cheap. That is the problem. So like, okay, I don't want to pick on Gap too much, but I'm going to anyway. Gap has three main branches. It has uh, Banana Republic, which sells like their attempt at LVMH kind of stuff. And yeah. then they have The Gap, which is your standard pretty good clothes. And then they have, what is it called? Banana? Oh, wait, I forget what it's called. They have another outlet, which just sells fast fashion kind of stuff. Yeah. I forget what it's called. So maybe I'm not calling them out too bad. But this particular branch 
sells like really cheap quality, very, you know, fastly, quickly made t-shirts that say like, you know, have a picture on it that says something about like something that was said in medium last <laughs> month. And people are buying yeah. this up, wearing it a few times, and then it doesn't really last. And then it goes into, I guess, a dump or gets incinerated mm. or whatever, you know, they're doing in their, their local venue. It's not something you can bring to the goodwill and donate because even like a homeless person is going to be like, I've got standards, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. So, <clears throat> uh, the problem is we need to, and we're not going to get, so let me, let me just say before I, I finish this thought, we're not going to get the industry to change how they do it. So mm-hmm. the best way for us to move forward is to try to encourage people, regular people not to buy cheap clothes. And by cheap, I don't mean not expensive. You could buy winter clothes out of out of season and get them for a great price. We, I was looking at we, the shopping website and then it's sorry. Go <laughs> sorry. ahead. Go ahead, Alex. <laughs> just just because it's absolutely it's so true what Jason's saying and people need to realize it because, you know, you don't have to always go to the mall. If you look at those shopping apps on your mm. phone, all of these like uh, out of, you know, the, the anti-season clothing items like winter jackets right now mm-hmm. are a, a crazy cheap yeah they're crazy so, so, cheap. So like cheap. so cheap yeah what they're counting on is people getting to winter and saying wow last season last winter it was like blues and purples and greens and this year it's all like whites and yellows and you know ah, so they're like oh you can't that? wear that that's from that is so last year you don't look good so you need to buy this who new. looks at that oh my god people do maybe you know? we're old maybe uh, we're old yeah, well, you know, I I know that the silver uh, season was like three or four years ago in Beijing, where people were wearing even... like silvery looking jackets. <laughs> but I bought. I a don't sil- even know that. <laughs> oh, it was a while ago. A lot of people were wearing silvery, shiny kinds of jackets for winter, yeah. and I was like, I could wear that forever. You know, I love Ra- like sci-fi. It's shiny, so, yeah, yes. exactly. So I bought one and I wore it this last winter, and people were like, "You look weird." <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> "Don't yeah, let but- them say that to you." If you, you if you went back to 2016, it. I looked great. <laughs> or whatever. You say, hey, you know what? I'm going to keep wearing it for 10 more years and it's going to be in again. Yeah. And then they can be like, wow, you have a really shiny, cool silver jacket in 2027 like everybody else. But yours is kind of like a little more unique. Wow. How cool. Huh? <laughs> exactly. You 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 be the trend. You be fashion. You don't let them tell you what's trendy. Yeah. But you instead of buying like three T-shirts that aren't good buy one that you can still wear 10 years later. That's, that's, that's the main what idea. my mom says. Yeah, yeah. Alex's mom has already solved this problem. All yes. we need to do is put her in charge of fashion. What is cool and what is hip and then the world will be a better place. Hey, she is looking for a new gig so I'm definitely going to talk to her about this after the, the recording. I say, hey mom, I found your new gig. But it's, it's you know, it's true and then again, just I'm not being the devil's advocate but i know it's hard for a lot of people like me to to buy one piece of clothes and think i'll never purchase again but if you already have a lot of clothing items that are cheaper uh, we can't make them 100 cotton when they're not because that's called magic and we don't have it mm. but you can prolong the time that that specific uh, piece of clothes is being used by 
like we said, swapping it with your friends because yeah, maybe absolutely. maybe you don't like it, but your friends like it and they could use it or bring them to these markets, these uh, yeah. or open your own, open your own store, you know, and start selling re- used clothes. Get all of your friends to donate as much as you can. And you could you could yeah. have like enough inventory to get started. You know, what's really interesting to me and you've mentioned a couple of things, swapping clothes and uh the second going to mar- second another there's another option and that's donating and you know what I, was, I yes i used to work for a major company i'm not gonna say what company and that company would every year do like donation campaigns they would do two one is for christmas they would like try to get everyone to buy only brand new gifts to give to kids which i get because you know you're poor but you still want something good but they would also do a clothing run which was Ooh. only new clothes so you would have to literally go buy new clothes to donate them so that they would send them to people, I don't know where, where there was an earthquake mm. or a flood or people yeah. were just not as well off. And I felt that that was not okay. In my head, you should be able to donate any kind of clothing as long as it's not, you know, Robert, I agree with Robert you. Smith, holy level. <laughs> I love you, Robert. <laughs> but you should be able to donate any kind of clothes, basically, that are like in reasonable condition or better that you've yeah. had, maybe even you've worn 10 times. And hey, yeah. someone just lost their house in a flood. They're not going to be like i only want brand new clothes they're gonna like be- there's no tack on this piece of clothes <laughs> that's you know what that's a i didn't know that there are companies requiring people to buy new clothes to donate because like we've been talking about for the uh for the past whole hour there's so many clothing items in our closet we're not even using why yeah. do we have to buy new ones donate but also I, I i was reading these articles lately and it's kind of funny as well when we donate because it's not like you know swapping clothes with your friends People tend to pack everything that they just don't want. They're using, mm. looking at donation as a way to get rid of mm. items that they're not constantly using. But the thing is, people are saying, stop donating like bikinis or, you know, your, <laughs> yeah, stop, stop, quote unquote, donating. Those are like really fancy high heel shoes that oh, you don't wear oh, anymore yeah, yeah. to, for example, kids that need help. Sorry. They don't need the bikinis. Maybe they, they don't have need a the mom who is like really like wants to go out on the town. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so when you donate, donate actual clothes that people would need, because usually these donations are for people who are struck with some sort of natural disaster or they really need assistance. Yeah. with their actual uh, livelihood mm-hmm. the other like if you have like nice shoes or, or or they could be cheap shoes that look really amazing but you don't want to wear then go the other route go to the secondhand fair or ask your friends and or like we said open up your shop because even you can do it online there are platforms that encourage people to exchange mm-hmm. quote-unquote exchange mm-hmm. used items and those those platforms those apps are robust i'll tell you mm, find wow. anything i found books that i want to buy and i didn't want to pay original price because they're you know some like media theory books yeah, that yeah. i can't really find in china expensive and people have it people have it on that website i wanted to buy and- a book a calculus book like like because I wanted to go back to my freshman in college year and like redo it because I'd forgotten everything yeah. and, and then like I went to the store and I found it and it was like 3,000 RMB for a, a text it's insane it's okay. insane but like, if you look Whoa. on that website if you look in that app and it's also going to be bound by it with your Taobao account and so everything's mm. easy you don't have to re-put in your information you could probably find the book on there for like at least 50% cheaper. Wow. Yeah. You know, text school textbooks are insane. I think that's one of the reasons we have such a massive uh, student debt problem is the cost of textbooks. Oh, and then the university professor God. forces you to buy their 
books that they published. And it's like, oh my gosh, what a racket. Anyways. I, that was another, yeah, that was another I, I was, huge shock for me. You kind of, okay, so we've we've gone through some of the solutions. So obviously, you know, recycling uh, these in mass uh, companies, good on you. Keep trying, keep getting the technology better. Maybe we can even get to a point where polyester, we've got the stores, we've got the donating and we've got the exchanges. I, there's another thing you can do in China that actually works and it might surprise a lot of people. So we live in these giant compounds with like 20, 30 story buildings everywhere. If you take your clothes, they're washed and cleaned and folded neatly and you put mm -hmm. them in a box downstairs just randomly after a, a day or two when people realize you don't want them or if you put a note on them that says he, these are free, they'll just be gone because there are people. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Because if you put like a really good toaster that no longer functions even, if you put yeah. it outside, someone's going to take that, they're going to fix it and they're going to give it to their friend or keep it for themselves or even sell it for like almost nothing. So there's a really yeah. good way for you to get rid of things in Beijing or in major cities because there's a ton of people who are like older, for example, and they don't care yeah. about it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's safer to pick up clothes on, uh, in China as well because we don't have bed bugs. <laughs> I would oh. not pick up clothes in America. Is that a thing? thing? There are no bed bugs in China. I never heard this because I've never no, so had. We don't bug have. We don't. Bugs. We don't have bed bugs. Really, we, it's we somehow got rid of it, or or it just never came. I don't know. We just don't have it. We never. People never worry about the people. Never worry about. Is it a bugs. humidity thing? Because in Beijing, they, when in the winter, there's like no moisture in the air. <laughs> maybe that's it. They just can't survive. That's, that's probably the what causes dryness. This, <laughs> probably causes this this uh, this allergy for me as well. Um, no, I don't think it's it's I don't think it's a it's a, a humidity thing. It's just uh, it's just so rare that you but hear it, people complain about bed bugs. I mean, I'm just thinking, you know, one person with a travel case where there's this, uh, a pair, presumably there's a male and a female and they're in like their luggage. It would have been brought over here. But with all the people coming and going from China to other countries, it never it never got in here somehow. This we is never had an infestation. Wow. We never had I've a never, bed I've bug never infestation. had bed bugs either, but I've never had. I've, had, I've been a victim. States, so, <laughs> you know, victimized by bed bugs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> where was this? Where was this? Virginia. It was, it was, it was New York. It was New York. Oh, well. Oh, so yeah. rats and trash and bed bugs. <laughs> bed bugs. You're not selling New York to anyone, Alex. <laughs> New, York is, New York is great sans these things. <laughs> hmm. Wow. Fancy use of a French word. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I like to flaunt it just like I like to use the this word is just like some of the clothing items in my closet that I'm, it's not going to come up like for another two years. <laughs> well, I think we discussed all the basic solutions to this problem. So it's just a, really a matter of public awareness. And, you know, Earth Day is coming up. It's April 22nd. Did mm. you know, actually, Earth Day led to the creation of like the Environmental Protection Agency in the United States? So, I so, did not know that. In the 1960s, some hippie created Earth Day, which was it's still not a recognized national holiday. It's just an unofficial holiday, but it appears on calendars and things and it gets a lot of attention. But it actually led to the Environmental Protection Agency in the United States. So some mm. hippie has, you know, made a dramatic improvement in the, in the <laughs> lives of people all over the world because Earth Day spread globally. Yeah. And it's something that is, you know, uh, catered after and paid attention to each year. And I think one of the things that we can pay attention to this year is how are we managing our clothes? And I think we need to be more responsible. Even you young people who have your all fashiony, shiny clothes at the mall, maybe you could be the one who starts the new trend to wear cool exactly. clothes from last season or last year. You'd be like, people would be like, oh my gosh, you're wearing last year's clothes. You say, oh my God, you're wearing this year's clothes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be the defying force. <laughs> yeah. You just, 
it's all about brute force. When you get older, you'll realize that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like Jason and I. Yes. Opinions mean everything. If you keep your opinion in the face of danger, people will be like, oh, my God, they might be right. <laughs> wow. Great advice. Great advice. I have advice, a question Jason. for you before we go, because I like yeah. to wear traditional Chinese clothing. Uh-huh. Uh, it's fun for me. And what about you? Do you ever wear traditional Chinese clothing? Oh, that. Thank you for reminding me. I had that jacket. <laughs> That's in the box. Yeah. I'll bring it out. No, it's <laughs> hanging. It's hanging there. So that's why I immediately remember that I have that, but I haven't worn it in two years. I think, I don't know what's dynasty or whatever. It's not a dynasty thing. It's more of a, I bought that when I was in uh, Yunnan province. Mm. I will find a mood to wear that. Well, and then I used to wear these really, you know, the, uh, the cloth shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I have in, one pair. In, in, yeah, I, I had one pair and it got really dirty and I couldn't clean them anymore. So I'm in the, I'm looking for another pair to, to wear. I love those they shoes. They have some really fancy styles of that, actually. One of my coworkers who's like an expert in like traditional Chinese clothing of, of, uh-huh. of, of various types, she showed me some really, I want to say badass Song Dynasty <laughs> shoes that are just like, really? You guys had these like that long ago? And I was like, I can wear wow. those for sure. Well, that yeah. is all the time we have. If you guys have questions, comments, ideas, or you just want us to read your email on the show, please message us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. Thank you for your time, Alex. Thank you, Jason. We'll see you next time. Thank you.